1: This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 360th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons beat the San Francisco 49ers 28-14 here Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium behind a near-flawless performance by quarterback Marcus Mariota. He was 13-14 of 14 for 129 yards and two touchdown passes and also ran the ball for 50 yards to keep the 49ers off balance. The Falcons jumped out to a 14-0 lead, then uh, gave, a, gave it back. The 49ers tied it up 14-14 with two quick scores, including a bungled play on a punt return. And then um, the Falcons decided to stand up to the bully on the block and scored. Put together an 11-play, 75-yard drive, capped by a three-yard touchdown run by Marcus Mariota. And the defense then stood up the rest of the way. Got him off the field right before the half with the Isaiah Oliver interception. And then blanked Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers over the second half of the game. So this by far was the biggest win of the season for the Atlanta Falcons. The first game that wasn't a one-score tilt, and it was a two-score tilt in their favor as they held on to beat the San Francisco 49ers, who stayed out east after their game against the Carolina Panthers last week. Stayed up in the resort up in Greenbrier, West Virginia, then came down here and took it on the chin from the Atlanta Falcons tonight. So let's hear from Coach Arthur Smith on the play of the defense.
2: You know, it's the kind of theme of this, this group. It's our team, and um, it's why we practice the way we do. And we got a belief in everybody that's, that's up, and even guys that certainly weren't up today for different reasons. And uh, these guys believe, and they understood the, the focus. And when you're playing a team like that, that does a lot, a lot of different stuff, uh, pre snap, they got some really good players, you know, some of the uh, better players at the position, and they were locked in. I mean, it was unfortunate, um, the play that Casey came out on. I mean, he, he knew exactly what was coming and, and, and read it. Now, again, Debo is a good player, and he was able to extend a little bit, but that, those are huge plays. And guys were really tuned in. I thought we had a good week.
1: Yeah, no doubt that was a stop when he had a few yards to get to get the first down, and, and uh, Hayward came on up and stopped him. That had been a point of emphasis last week. The Falcons had a uh, – Coach uh, Dean Smith told us about a play where the guy uh, broke down at three yards and um, – you know, allowed the, the runner to get two more yards to pick up the first down where he needed to tackle May, you know, three yards behind. So we saw uh Hayward try to carry that message message home today. Now, um, Rashawn Evans and Troy Anderson were inside at the uh, inside linebacker positions. Uh, both finished with twelve tackles. Here's what Coach Smith had to say about the linebackers.
2: Yeah, I thought um You know, obviously Rashawn called it today uh, with Mike being out and uh, Mike's been playing really well for us. And we feel, you know, that inside linebacker group is uh, strong. So certainly, uh, like all of us, you know, we'll get back and look at the film and see what we can do better. But Rashawn had an efficient day and so did Troy. Uh, you You could feel him out there.
1: Yep, both with 12 tackles. Troy had a big special teams uh, he, that he probably kept that punt return from going all the way to the house. Pinion slowed him down. He got back and made that play. And then Rashawn had the uh, hit on Jimmy Wilson that caused the fumble, and uh, A.J. Terrell took it to the one, fumbled it into the end zone, and Jalen Hawkins uh, was there to recover. Jalen said he was just running behind the play because he wanted to celebrate with AJ and ended up like, Oh, I better get this ball here. And so heads up play. And, uh, uh, you know, Rashawn and Troy both were key figures today and talked to Michael Walker in the locker room. He said, he'll be ready to play next week. We'll see how that goes now. Also quarterback, Marcus Mariota. We talked about him. Here's what coach Smith had to say about his near flawless performance.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's a really good defense. Um, we knew we had to be efficient, and Marcus certainly was. Uh, made a lot of really good plays, and credit to our line, too, because he was able to, get to progress on a couple plays um, and made some really big throws for us and made some huge plays with his legs, too. And it, it, it certainly helps us. It certainly um, helps us stay on track and efficient, and um, can't say enough good things about Marcus and the way he's leading this football team.
1: Well, all right, he, uh, uh, you know, here's uh, Caleb Huntley on Marcus Mariota, the leader.
3: He's calm. Like, you know, some guys panic, but Marcus is always calm. He always focused, and he, he's a leader. Uh, he knows how to get the win. He knows how to do things to get the job done. So we all believe in him and believe in what he can do for us.
1: And, uh, the, you know, the Falcons didn't throw it a lot, but he hit on 13 or 14 for 129. A lot of short stuff. You know, they tried to get it up the field a couple times, but uh, that didn't work out so well. But, you know, with the 129, that kind of balances it out. I think, uh, you know, the uh, Russian stats there, 40 carries for 168 is where we're at on the uh, Russian carry. So, here's what Caleb had to say about the balance of the running game.
4: I like he was hitting with the passes and I um, um, couldn't
3: really stop what was doing. So, um, Coach just said, keep on pounding him. Um They're going to get tired attacking y'all, and that's what really happened
1: yeah that's a little loud in the locker room when they won but he said hey they're gonna get tired of tackling y'all and that's what happened because he had a couple powerful runs along with tyler algier now um and that was a a a big part of the game plan was to run that ball and throw it as uh, efficiently as possible and, and pull it out and the quarterback could run it a little bit too and that's what they did. They ran the ball today and uh, did some RPOs and hit on a, a few efficient passes. Let's hear from Marcus Moriota on his efficiency today.
5: We kind of expected that was going to be the case, right? Like, um, you know, it's a, great, it's a good defense. And um, just kind of got to take what they give you. Um, you know, my goal was just to be efficient throughout the day and just try to give our guys opportunities to make plays. And knew that, you know, we just going to have to kind of slowly dink and dunk our way down there to, to get points.
1: Well, all right, uh, Marcus, that's just what they did today. They slowly dinked and dunked their way down there. Uh, that drive right before the half was big after the 49ers came right back and tied it up. And then the second half, they just fought, fought them on the defensive side of the ball and got a uh, Kyle Pitts touchdown in there to make it a two-score game. And uh, they closed the deal today against the 49ers. We also talked to Marcus on how The run game affected the pass game.
5: I I truly believe when we're able to run the ball the way that we do, you know, make some plays in the pass game, uh, we're tough. We're tough to defend. So um, the more that we can do that, the more that we can um, show our versatility, I think is going to be beneficial for the rest of the year.
1: And, uh, you know, that drive was big, so we wanted to ask Marcus about that 11-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. He capped it out with RPO running around the right end from three yards out. Here's what Marcus had to say on that drive after the score was tied up.
5: Well, we talk about it all the time. We try to be complimentary in all phases of the game. And, you know, when we're able to do that, we can pick up the defense. The defense played outstanding throughout the day, creating turnovers. Um, you know, we had, we knew we had opportunities to go score points. So as long as we can compliment each other, uh, we're, we're a good team.
1: Well, we caught up with wide receiver Drake London. Uh, he was, uh, getting ready to leave and, uh, stopped and took a couple questions from us. Here's what he had to say. Get your thoughts on, you know, what y'all and is playing, and how y'all were able to manage it and punch that in there. I think
6: it was great. I think we was just on, uh, on point the whole game. Um. And I think we just showed a full game, of
1: a completed game, at that. Mm-hmm. And uh, how does it feel? Y'all been close. We've been close. How does it feel, to, you know, you know, get one against, you know, one of the you know, one of one better teams league? It
6: feels great, but we're still early into the season, so we just got to keep on pushing and and put games together like this one.
1: Uh-huh. And uh, uh, offensively, you know, what was it like to you? I mean, everybody kind of gets something to help out today. And that's kind of what y'all been
6: trying to preach. How does it feel to be able to do that on the field? It feels great. Um, that's what we've been preaching, like you're
3: saying, and um, to go out there and do it and showcase it in front of our fans at home is a big thing.
1: Okay, let's go ahead uh, before we take a break here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, we're going to look at some game notes and um, the player notes here, uh, post-game player notes. We touched on some of the highlights here, uh, but game note-wise, the Falcons, uh, Had 289 total yards, including 168 rushing. The uh, defense held the 49ers. This is my game note. They held the 49ers at 50 yards rushing on 16 carries. The 49ers came in here averaging 138.8 yards a game, uh, eighth in the league. So they held them 80 yards under their rushing average. So that was uh, a yeoman's effort by the defense. You know, they've been giving up yards, but today they did not give up a lot of yards to the 49ers uh, rushing attack. The offense scored on their first possession. It was the first first, first touchdown allowed by San Francisco's defense in the first half this season. The Falcons' defense forced a turnover for the fifth time this season and lead, led the turnover margin 3-0. to zero. Atlanta's defense also scored a defensive touchdown. We talked about that when Jalen scooped up A.J.'s uh, scoop that he got off of Rashawn Evans. So that was uh, taken care of. It was the uh, first defensive touchdown since week 14 of 2021 at Carolina when Michael Walker returned an interception 66 yards for a score. Atlanta's fumble recovery for a touchdown was its first since week 13 of 2018 versus Baltimore when Vic Beasley returned to fumble 74 yards for a score. The Falcons defense held the 49ers to 50 yards rushing. We said that lowest rushing for the 49ers since week 9 of 2021 when they had 39 versus Arizona. And uh, Rashawn Evans, he took over the play calling duties for Michael Walker this uh, game. And he also served as the six team captain for this game. Went out there and did some captain type stuff also. We'll look at the, the offensive stats here and then we'll go to the break. Marcus Mariota, 13 of 11. Excuse me, 13 of 14. 92.8% 92.8% for 129 yards, two touchdowns, and a passer rating of 144.6. I'll go look and see if that's a career high for him. That's I know it is for here in Atlanta, but he might've had a better game uh, somewhere else in Tennessee or, or with Vegas. He also added a three yard rushing touchdown, 16th of his career, third of the season. His 16 rushing touchdowns rank 11th among all quarterbacks since entering the league in 2015. Sunday marked Mariota's 10th career game with at least one touchdown and one rushing touchdown, tied for 12th most since he entered the league in 2015. Running back Caleb Huntley led the way on the ground with 59 yards rushing on 16 carries. Tyler Algier had 51 yards. On a career-high 15 carries, uh, Avery Williams almost broke a couple on, in the punt and return game. He had a career-high 48 punt return yards, highlighted by a career-long 29-yard punt return, and he re- returned one kickoff for 28 yards. de Zaccheaus had four catches for 58 yards. Kyle Pitts finished with three catches for 19 and a touchdown. His first of the season, second of his career. And tight end McCole Pruitt called up from the practice squad on Saturday. He uh, had a first touchdown as a Falcon, eighth of his career, with a two-yard touchdown catch on Atlanta's opening drive. McCole Pruitt, former Tennessee Titan. So uh, we're going to take a break right now. This is... Is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta
0: Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com.
1: Well, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, and we have our executive producer Daniel Salerson here with us to uh, handle the mailbag. How you doing today, Daniel?
7: Always great. After a Falcons win, D. Led. Let's go right into the mailbag again. You can follow D. Led on Twitter at d_orlandoajc. That's where you can tweet him questions for the mailbag every Monday. First, one I can't pronounce his um, Twitter name because it's inappropriate to do on this podcast. But he this person asked, Do you trust Mariota? Are we going to see Ritter at all this season? D led
1: right now. I'm thinking if if he's playing 13 for 14, you're not going to see Ritter at all. Uh, It's gonna be we're gonna hear a lot about it this week because they play Cincinnati. But as long as he's healthy and he's efficiently running the offense, you know, this is a pretty big win. Granted, San Francisco. You know, didn't have Bosa, didn't have Eric Armstrong. Uh, Jimmy Ward was out. You know, they had four starters out, and they lost two during the game, Shavavius Ward and uh, Mike McGlinchey, Matt Ryan's cousin. So they're down six starters. But, I mean, you know, hey, they, you got to play. But, no, we're not going to see as things stand right now. We're not going to see Ritter, um, you know, with the Falcons in contention. They're in first place in the uh, NFC South right now.
7: This one's from at Jelani64. Great showing across the board, but we still didn't seem to get much pressure off the edge. Do you anticipate Ebiketti or Malone having increased success as we move deeper into the season?
1: Yeah, I think the young guys are just out there. It's, it's a lot of on-the-job training for them. We talked with uh, defensive um, uh, outside linebacker Coach Ted Montecuno the other week, and, you know, he's not wanting to put a lot of praise on folks. So he's like, hey, they're rookies. You know, it's not perfect what we're getting but um, you've seen ever Katie flash in a couple games. Need to see him get home in, in some games. And uh, D'Angelo is also learning, and uh, and that's uh, uh, you know I've I seen him flash a couple games back. And so you know you're you gonna they're gonna play. They're gonna get uh, on the job training. You know I think the hope is that they do develop into pass rushers. So we haven't seen them get home yet, but that's what they're working towards.
7: This one's from at HB Gant three. What's our upside now looking at the rest of the season?
1: Well, this is the big stretch here. Um, We said that coming out of the first quarter of the season, it's like, Hey, if you could somehow get to two and two, you know, you, you'll be four and four at the halfway point. And so, um, you know, we're, we're two games in one and one go to Cincinnati next week and then come back to Carolina where they're just in a, you know, hot mess. So two and two is doable. Now you gotta look at, hey can we go to Cincinnati and take one? So um, you're gonna have Cincinnati's full attention after you know you beat San Francisco. So you know um, you go to Cincinnati, if you pull that one off, then you're four and three for the first time and uh, since the end of the 2017 season you'll be over 500. then you have Carolina and then uh, you're sitting at five and three. Uh, at the halfway point so now you got to really start looking like okay back into this doesn't look that tough can we figure out a playoff path and you'll be able to do that because Arizona you know Carolina again New Orleans there's nobody there to scare you this was the scary part of the schedule this first six games and um, they've come through the first six games three and three so the 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 last eleven games, yeah, you got Brady again, got Baltimore up in Baltimore, you got the Commanders in D.C. I mean, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing left to scare you at this point. Uh, once you get out of Cincinnati, I mean, they're defending AFC champs, not playing like it, uh, and you don't play Buffalo this year. That's about the only team in the league, Kansas City. You don't have to see anything like that. Uh, so now you got to be like, okay, these guys are overachieving. And I know there'll be the, the draft people out there. Y'all messing up the draft pick. How are we going to get Bryce whatever it is? or C.J. who or, uh, or, or the 25-year-old guy in Tennessee? <laughs> you know, so then we're going to play Ritter. So, yeah, just ride it out, man. They're playing the games and it's going to be a little bit better uh, record than everybody had anticipated based on these first six games.
7: This one's from at sheep underscore bow. This is talking about a player that's not on the team right now. And that's Calvin Ridley. Do you keep him next year? He wanted to ask.
1: Uh, no, you know, there was a breach of trust there and you know, they had already tried to trade him. He was going to Philly. Uh, they had to pull out of the Philly deal once they found out the gambling allegations. And so, you know, as soon as he gets cleared, you, you seen the Falcons, uh, Uh, move on from people that they didn't you know didn't fit into their ethos is what they call it and they already tried to trade him so you got to believe that he don't want to come back here and they don't want him to come back here so you know they only got a you know sixth or seventh I forget the terms but you can google the terms for Deion Jones they got a second for Julio a third for Matt so you know they can get Something for Calvin Ridley, they'll get it and uh, move on and part ways. So, yeah, I don't expect him back because he was already traded once, but they had to pull out because of the gambling allegations. And then Philly moved on and got A.J. Brown instead. So, you know, we've known that that that's been reported and the general manager had to confirm that. It's like, yeah, we had to pull out. We had to call Philly and say, hey, we can't. You know, they didn't want to trade damaged goods and injure their reputation around the league.
7: And one more actually from me, D. Led, out of the three wins this season, was this the most complete win you saw from this team?
1: Yeah, no doubt, because they didn't do any uh, Falcon-type stuff here. Uh, They they got down, uh, they got the lead. You know, which they had to do against a good team. They 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 went down twenty-eight to three against the Rams and rallied back. So then you know if that was real or not. Same thing against Tampa Bay last week. They go down twenty-one to nothing, get get back close, and then the refs you know do what they did against them last week. And so this one, they came out from the beginning, took it right down the field with a score and a stop. Get a, got a scoop and score to go up fourteen nothing then, you know, the 49ers, you know, they put some plays together and tied it back up. And so then that's where that that drive in the second quarter, Daniel, uh, was really impressive. And I'll go back on it. You know, that might have changed the season here. Um, You know, big plays, Keith Dive, a Mariota scramble on third and 13, that picked up 15, and then his RPO touchdown run, Gave the Falcons a 21 to nothing lead. So we've seen them blow like, you know, it's 57 seconds left. And in the last couple of years, that's plenty of time for people to zip down the field, get a field goal, and then 49ers were getting the ball to start the half. So you're thinking, man, if they zip down the field and make a 21-17 to uh, 21 to 17, and then they get the ball back, then boom, there you go. It's 24-21. It's a 10-point play. But the Falcons didn't let him have it. They uh, Isaiah Oliver got the interception and then ran around, and uh, Rashad Evans got him an unsportsmanlike penalty. It was, uh, it was you know, I don't think Coach is going to be too mad about that one. And so then they came out, kicked it off to him, short kickoff because of his penalty, and then they get a stop right away. So right then and there, that's, you know, that that's the situation of football that the coaches talk about and we pay a lot more attention to. Uh, in this modern passing era of the NFL. All
7: right, that's the mailbag for this week. You can follow d on Twitter at D-Orlando AJC. Back to you, my friend.
1: All right, thank you, Daniel. Great questions. We really appreciate you sending those along. I copied uh, a little uh, post from our baseball guy, Justin Toscano. He, he's like, hey, he sends, he sends it out. Hey, we're doing a show tonight. Send us your questions. Reply here. And you all did that. I threw a little graphic in there. So keep coming back every Sunday night uh, after the games. We'll be coming from Cincinnati next week. But let's hear some more from the locker room. I got. Uh, had to talk to the lineman when you block for 168 and run the ball down the other team's throat. Uh, I want to hear from Chris Lindstrom. Here's what he had to say to me after the game, talking about this 168-yard rushing effort. How did it feel out there to be able to, you know, uh, get the win, run the ball? Marcus is playing great. How did y'all feel about uh, this effort here today? Uh,
6: incredible team win. Uh, the defense played amazing. Special teams was amazing, and then uh, it's so great to watch our skill guys make great plays. And you know, just we're just trying to keep giving those guys that opportunity.
1: Know, how big was that draft right before the half? They come back, y'all are 14, they tie it, mm-hmm. and, and y'all go back and
6: put your foot down there. Uh, it was awesome. You know, we always talk about finishing the half and then opening the second half, um, and I thought we did a great job with that in in being able to score and, you know, kind of put pressure before the half because they, mm-hmm. you know, they were scoring, uh, you know, we were sputtering in the second quarter.
1: Then mm-hmm. a uh, Coach told us uh, on Friday, he said, hey, the inside is going to be where the inside of the game is going. Mm-hmm. Did that work for y'all? you all? You have a lot of lockers to pull it sometimes too.
6: Yeah, they have a great front, um, mm-hmm. the number one defense, I think, in, in, in the league. Mm-hmm. And, you um, It was a great challenge for us, and, you know, Coach said that, and we just tried to do our best this week being communicating and on on the same track and being as physical as we can be. Mm -hmm. And those guys make unbelievable plays, so just... Allowing those guys to have those opportunities.
1: And how about Marcus? Uh, he didn't have, you know, he got, you know, he had to shake off some rust. So mm-hmm. nobody was sweating about, the, you know, ball handling early on, but today it's like he pretty much had a perfect game.
6: Uh, Marcus is unbelievable. We have total belief in him and love him, and uh, you know myself individually and as a unit, you know, we'd run through a wall for him. So uh, just absolutely love him, and he makes special plays.
1: Well, you know, Grady Jarrett is one of the leaders on the defense. He uh, was wrecking. Uh, things out there today, I got a text from uh, Cunningham during the game. Grady wrecked him. He's been balling. I don't remember which play Grady wrecked and who he wrecked, but Grady's been doing some wrecking. And uh, everybody around the league is seeing it, even after the, uh, the unnecessary necessary call withstand, notwithstanding. But here's what Grady had to say on the defense, especially on their second half shutout. You know,
4: definitely played well, man awesome to get a shutout in the second half and, um, you know, play good against the run. I think they only had like 40, 50-something rushing yards against a, you know, one of the top rushing teams in the league, so I'm definitely happy about that. And um, But, you know, still some, some proving to do out there, but I mean, I'm definitely proud of the guys, man. we just excited to get back to work.
1: Well, alright. Uh, Grady Jarrett said he's excited to get back to work. Go enjoy yourself tonight, Grady, and get back to work tomorrow. I'm sure he probably won't let you, probably just a conditioning run or something and get your Tuesday off and Come back in there on Wednesday. But here, um, you know, it's Grady. You know, they they talk about this, and you hear it, and it's like, oh, it's just some more football talk. But there is a genuine belief in each other, and here's what Grady uh, has to say about that.
4: We believed in ourselves from the beginning, you know, from OTAs, and we um, you know we something we talked about all off season, you know, something that I just felt, you know, I felt like the camaraderie was there, and I just knew the pieces that we had um, different from years past, and um, I you know I believed in this group. We believed in ourselves, and um, we think our best football is still ahead of us, you know, and I think that's what's so encouraging, and um, just staying zoom focused on the things we can control it and in our building.
1: Yeah, and I gave Grady the stats. Uh, you know, they have 16 carries, 50 rushes that made Jimmy Garoppolo one-dimensional, and the Falcons basically said, Hey, Jimmy G, can you beat us? Throwing the ball down the field. And he couldn't do it. So here's what Grady Jarrett had to say about one of the keys to stopping the run today.
4: Definitely wanted to stop the run, you know, run, play into the play pass and not be able to get the um, big play maker. Some, you know, some one-on-ones outside if we don't get to stop that run. So I think it was a good team effort, um, everybody across the board, you know, even when they got to the edges for some, even some of the DBs coming down and chopping some of the guys down because they got, you know, heck, heck, heck of athletes over there, man, and guys that make some big plays. So we knew it was going to take a heck of an effort from us, and, um, you know, we got it done.
1: Well, all right, that's Grady Jarrett, Falcons' defensive captain. Uh, Let's talk to one of my favorites is uh, Jalen Hawkins. He's colorful, had a big interception, had the touchdown on the uh, recovering, AJ's uh, recovery. So that was a heads-up play. Uh, But we wanted to know from Jalen if this was one of the most complete games of the year. It was
3: a good game. You know, we got a lot more left. Every week is a new battle, new opportunity, but this was for sure a good win. Uh, Everybody played hard. Everybody made plays, man. They got a pig. You know, everybody, was a lot of good stuff that happened, so uh, got to keep moving.
1: Well, all right, Jalen is a ball hawk, and as advertised, is doing a good job back there. Here's his thoughts on stopping the run.
3: Uh, that's real big. That was one of our team keys this week, you know, was to come out there and play physical. And so, you know, I feel like we did that for the most part. Of course, there's always things you got to clean up. You know, you can't play a perfect game. But for the most part, we went out there and did our thing, handled our business, handled our keys, and um, executed.
1: And, uh, you know, that was a big play. if you saw it, uh, when I saw the replay, he sees AJ picked up the ball. And he just starts running behind him like, you know, hey, they're getting ready to go celebrate. But, um, you know, when he saw the ball come out, he knew to get on it. And here's what Jalen had to say on the TVD recovery in the end zone.
3: Um, just because that was my dog, he was going to the end zone, and so I'm like, okay, I want to follow him to the end zone. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I, I wanted to try to get a block. I knew I couldn't get a block because I didn't want to get no penalties. So you know, I just ran with him. You know, I was gonna celebrate with him, but then I was like, oh shoot. Yeah, the ball, the ball out, so I just made a heads up play.
1: Yep, no doubt, heads up play there by Jalen. And uh, here's some more about the camaraderie from Jalen Hawkins on uh, how they have each other's back.
3: We just execute. we work to get better, no matter who it is. You know, we all close, too, as a unit. That's the cool thing. That's the thing I love about our group is, like, we all gel together, hang out together outside of football, always in the group chat, making jokes and stuff like that, in the meeting rooms. Like, you know, so we all got each other's back. No matter who it is out there on the field, we're all going to play for one another.
1: All right. That's a little bit on the team building aspect of it. Let's talk to AJ Terrell on a little bit about the culture of it and how the culture has changed in year two under Arthur Smith.
4: You know, I'll just say that building up through camp and also being our second year with art and um, just understanding that, you know, we just you know, hold ourselves to a different standard. Everybody um, just go out there, get the job done, um, and play a team football.
1: All right, that's AJ Terrell. He left the game with, uh, uh, he was covering one of those long passes down the field and left the game. He was grabbing his hamstring. The announcement in the press box was that he had a thigh injury. So, uh, you know, maybe, um, you know, he was grabbing his hamstring, but it was his thigh. So that's what we're going to stay with uh, there. He didn't come back in. Uh, Isaiah Oliver left. He came back in. Taquan Graham left with a knee. He came back in. and uh, Casey Hayward went to the locker room. I don't believe he came back in. So the depth showed up in the secondary uh, with D. Alfred. They ended up with D. Alfred, Mike Ford, and Darren Hall at cornerback. So, um, there was, uh, there was a there was a good uh, mix of depth back there in the secondary for the Atlanta Falcons. So before we get out of here, we're gonna look at some of our defensive player notes. We covered offense, and we got a little bit of yeah, just the special teams note. Who did this thing? He made four extra points, so that wouldn't know. A, not a, we talked about the big special teams play. Was that a breakout by Ray Ray McLeod? And Troy Anderson walking him down uh, with the help of Pinion, who got in his way just enough to slow him down and change his direction, allowed uh, Anderson to make the tackle. So that was his first Anderson's first career start, 12 tackles, six solo. Rashawn Evans had a career-high 12 tackles, uh, seven solo, forced fumble. The first forced fumble of the season and second of his career, He's had double-digit tackles in three of Atlanta's last four games. Quentin Bell recorded his first career uh, tackle for loss. He's an interesting kid. Uh, went to Prairie View A&M from California. Uh, I want to do a story on him and Hodge at some point. they both from HBCU uh, Prairie View A&M uh, down there in Texas and uh, on the same team. I wonder when their homecoming is. Cornerback Isaiah Oliver had two tackles and one interception. He was activated from IR on Saturday. AJ finished with four tackles um, in a fumble recovery. First of his career. And uh, Jalen Hawkins finished with four tackles. Uh, one solo, one fumble recovery, and one touchdown. I know AJ is feeling bad. He's like, man, I gave up my touchdown. But when you stick that ball out, you gotta, you know, you gotta hold on to it uh hawkins fumble recovery and defensive touchdown both marked the first of his career uh matt Dickens, dickerson he tied a career high with three tackles uh and bradley pinion punted five times for 215 and 43 net placing three or five punts inside the 10 including one at the 49ers one yard line so we're going to wrap it up here from the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. The Falcons travel to Cincinnati next week at 1 p.m. for a game at, I think it's still called Paul Brown Stadium, I just as long as I don't call it Riverfront Stadium from the old days. but um, And then maybe they got a sponsor. I don't know. We'll figure that out. And we're going to have a special guest come on this week, Miss Kelsey Conway from the Cincinnati Enquirer, formerly of the AtlantaFalcons.com. She'll uh, – be on the next episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast to help us get ready for next week's game when the Falcons, first place in the NFC South, head off to the Midwest to play the defending AFC champion, Cincinnati Bingos. So with that, we're going to ask you to take care of yourself and have a great week.
0: Ocean Breeze.